Welcome to Books with Bagby. This is a podcast about educators and their books. Some that write books and some that read books. We will also look into some passions, soapboxes, and perhaps other educational favorite things. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. I am here today with the amazing Tammy Dunbar. If you all don't know Tammy, well, I guess you're about to learn about her. Uh, Tammy, would you give, I know I sent you some questions and I'm already jumping off the script. Uh, I, I asked you for your EDU origin story, but there's a couple of things that happened even prior to your origin, like, I don't know, fellowships and other things that you've earned awards you've received. Uh, just tell everyone all the, okay, I know people don't like talking about themselves, but if you don't mind, humor me for a little bit. And as you're telling your origin story, please tell me the things that you've been able to experience thanks to, well, just you being an amazing teacher. <laughs> you are too kind and it's a mutual admiration society. Thank you for having me on the show. Edu or- origin story. I love this. Um, I was, I am late to the profession. Uh, I did not start teaching. I did not even start working toward my uh, certi- certification until I was 40. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I was in marketing and PR. I worked for Anheuser-Busch. Oh, um, yeah. For you. Yeah. Um, and, and did all kinds of things. Got married, had a family, did uh, oh just all kinds of stuff. But then when the kids were uh, in grade school, and my husband looked at me and said, you know, you should get a job in case something happens to me. I'm like, oh, oh, what am I going to do? Well, at that time, our daughter's fifth grade teacher, fifth grade, my sweet spot, uh, said, hey, I know your musical. I directed a choir, your musical. You'll appreciate this. Oh, yes. I played the piano and, and directed the kids choir at our church. And she said, could you come and, and teach my kids some songs? We we're trying to learn 50, 50 United States from, you know. Yes, so yes. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to come and do that. So I came and did it. And I had so much fun. And then my mom at the time said, you know, you have your sub teaching credential. I had you take that test way back when you graduated college in 81. And I found the paper because she kept everything. And I said, oh, well, maybe I'll try sub teaching and see if I like teaching. And that's how I got into it. Um, wow. Just fell in love with with uh, working with kids and, and having fun. Because one of my things is there's got to be joy in learning. You've got to love to learn. So that led me into teaching. I met a teacher uh, there at uh, where my daughter and son were going to school. And she said, oh, there's a teacher's college program and you can earn while you learn. Yes, please. Mm. It's taught by teachers rather than professors. Not that there's anything wrong with professors, but when you've got a teacher who's in the classroom during the day and comes to teach you at night, you start your class with, okay, first 15 minutes. How was your day in class? What went wrong? What can we help you with? So this great support system. So I had a wonderful, and being late to the profession, I was hungry for people to tell me what to do and how to help me and how to make this better and craft it. So maybe being a little older had me more comfortable with using uh, all the other skills and talents that I had, uh, marketing, PR, music. Um, And so uh, in, let's see, I started teaching kindergarten, bodily fluids. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't my my (laughs) job. Um, and then uh, went to fifth grade, found that was that was my tribe, fifth grade all the way. And we uh, we entered the e-instruction, that's, there's an old name, e-instruction class, <laughs> global classroom makeover music video contest. 
And after three years of entering, we actually won. We got a $75,000 classroom makeover, which was awesome back in the day when no one had projectors and we got projectors and sound systems and everything in the classroom, which nice. was great. And I'm like, huh, I can do some things and, and I can still use some of those talents so I can help the kids. And then our district uh, went digital. We became a Microsoft uh, district. And I was on the technology committee for our superintendent. I became an MIE expert, as you are. And, uh, and that community has just opened all of these uh, pathways. And you just go, oh, I, I, could, I could try out and I could be a, a, a wakelet ambassador or I could be a yes. student ambassador or, oh, should I, should I try to be an HP teaching fellow? Yes. And I became that. And, oh, I don't know. Should I try for a Fulbright? Yeah, I got a Fulbright for teachers for global classrooms. So, you know, all of these opportunities come up and you just keep doing more and more. And I found that as being a choir director, I liked leading people and I understood the importance <laughs> of training. So my sweet spot was training teachers and students and ultimately families in how to use technologies and how to use things well. Uh, so I went into training. And so you and I are both NCCE professional learning specialists. So I've done that when COVID came along. Oh my God. Uh, our district, which has about 1200 teachers reached out to me and they said, you understand Microsoft Teams. Could you lead a session for us? Sure. We're uh, online. And they're like, yeah, we want you to lead all the teachers. Oh, <laughs> so I led a session training all 1500 teachers in how to use Microsoft Teams. And then they asked me to, uh, hey, you want to be in the online academy? I'm like, yeah, that, that'll be a fun challenge. So it, it's just teachers, we have a hard time saying no. Um, but there have been so many wonderful opportunities in my pathway that it's like, yes, yes, yes. And what's been nice about them is I've met educators who have given me gifts and I don't mean like tangible gifts, but ideas and inspirations and things that I can bring back to the classroom to elevate my students. And uh, yeah, so that's where I am today. And I'm here uh, chatting with you, uh, which is exciting because we haven't seen each other for a while. Yes. And I need to let everyone know that um. <clears throat> excuse me, I'm trying to get over uh, Tennessee allergies, but Tammy is a guitar hero legend. Uh, so just <laughs> believe that. <laughs> you and I both, we've got videos of that, my friend. That was a great time. <laughs> okay, so here's the, I, I guess the, not the bad news, just sir. So uh, what's one thing in education that puts you on an EDU soapbox? Something that needs to be changed. And boy, you, <laughs> you picked a great time of year to have my interview because we just finished standardized testing. And how many tests did my students have to take? Wow. 10. We were fifth grade, so we had to take five CASP. That's the California, um, the standardized test for the state of California. We had to take uh, reading and then uh, basically a writing. It's called a performance task, math, a math performance task, science. Uh, then we had to take math because we do that in our district every trimester. So reading, language, arts, and math, that's eight. Then we had to do a, uh, a PE test because the state of California wants a physical fitness test for all students in California. And wow. then just finished the district writing proficiency. Wait, so the district writing proficiency doesn't look at the state writing test that the kids took already? We can't look at it. Oh, uh, well, 
that's one of the big problems. And I know you and I were talking about this before. <laughs> you, we all teachers sign a form. We're not going to talk about the test. And I'm not going to talk about the test. I'm going to talk about the results of the test, which I never see except in August when they're no longer my students. Yes. And I get the, and I don't even get the scores. I have to ask the sixth grade teacher because yeah, they get the, yeah. the test. And I have to uh. say, how'd they do? How'd they do? And, but the problem is it's just a raw score. I don't know what they missed. I don't know what they got right. I yeah. can't look at their writing to see if they, you know, if I was teaching it correctly. The I was about to say, yeah. the There's no feedback. You can't, you can't improve your practice if you don't get to see no. how the students did and what difference does it make what the students got? It, oh my goodness. Sorry. So it's super <laughs> frustrating. And, and, and then when you think about especially for K-8 in California, I don't know if it's the same way in Tennessee, but we're told you've got to, you know, hit your diverse populations and, you know, get the kids who, who are low, the ELDs, and you've got to get the kids who are, who, who need help with more math. And you've got to break out your small groups and differentiate. So, you know, this person's more kinetic and this person's more, mm. you know, visual and this person's audio and, 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 and all of that. And then it's a standardized test. They all get the same yeah. thing. So all those supports that were there are gone. Yes, it's, it's like um, there's a, I guess it was a cartoon, but now it would be considered a meme um, where it has this a person taking record of these animals and uh, a horse is running and they're checking off the horse. Oh, yeah, you can run, but you can't swim as fast as this fish can. And you can't climb as well as this monkey can. So, yeah, each animal can do something different, but they all have one test. And yeah, not saying that the kids are animals. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. But everyone's it's, different. And and to reduce a kid or a teacher down mm. to a single test on a single day, because each, there are five tests, but each one's administered on a different day. So to say, this is you based on this one thing. I like, we do a map test, which we do it three times a year. And yes. at least when we do the map testing, I see the results within 24 hours. That's the NWEA? Yes, NWEA, okay. yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. because not only do I see what they missed and what they got right, I also see strengths and weaknesses. Here are the standards they need to work on. Here's what they have mastered. That is beneficial. That is helpful. That informs my instruction so I can differentiate and so I can give the kids what they need. And that is also a great way to have them take the test because I'm telling them, look, this doesn't go on your report card. You're not being graded on this. I'm not being graded on this. We're trying to see what you know. So I'm not going to be giving you stuff that you already know. I don't want to bore you. I want to give you the stuff that's going to challenge you and help you grow that you need to know. So this is, this is what we're looking for. And you know, fifth grade, they pretty much listen and they'll do what, you know, they'll do their best on the test. But that CASP testing, the state testing just frustrates me. I never see, I can't, yes. if, I can't change anything. It's just like, I, I can't, I can't even go in and see if they finished all their testing. Mm. No place where I can go in and make sure I've got to keep little charts, you know, yes. Okay. You finished it. Let me see the screen that says you finished. Okay. Check. Oh, wow. So it's, it's just like, I mean, testing is important. We got to assess, we got to know where they're at. Yes, yes. That standardized drives me loony. Well, me as well. And when I was an elementary school principal, uh, I was not thought of, well, one of my supervisors asked, oh, so how are you preparing your kids for the test? I was like, what do you mean? Uh, did you have a, we have, it's TCAP here in Tennessee. Uh, okay. Did you have a TCAP 
prep rally and a party so for the kids so they can get excited about the test? It's like, mm, no, I didn't. Basically, it's just another day, but this day is the schedule's changed, and the kids know that because they can't go to their related arts classes, the classes that they enjoy, because they have to sit in the room and test most of the day. And uh, so, I, yeah, I was not the best principal because I never put a lot of emphasis on the test. Do and, not say you were not the best principal <laughs> because you didn't emphasize. <laughs> what do the scores tell us? Right? I mean, Example, and okay, mom's bragging rights. Both of our kids were valedictorians. And so they're straight A kids, but in standardized testing, both our son and daughter had standardized test years where they didn't score as well as they might have. They're pretty low. And mm -hmm. it's like, okay, that's because this little committed kid said, I don't care that I have a hundred degree temperature. I've got to go in and test the teachers depending on me. Yes. So, you know, I... Mm, yeah, so I, I know this sounds horrible, but I was kind of happy when my daughter got her first low grade. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was a B, B plus or something in Spanish. But and then she ended up minoring in Spanish in college. I just realized oh, cool. double cool. major graduated this past weekend. Congratulations! Uh, something cum laude. I don't even know. Blah blah blah. And uh, ooh, nice. Uh, what uh, chemistry and biology with a Spanish Spanish minor. Uh, so she's very stimmy, um, but she's steamy. Uh, she's got the Spanish too. Nice. Oh yeah, steamy. <laughs> but the whole idea of picking one day or picking one test to judge a kid, and Tennessee has some laws going into effect that if a kid doesn't score this much on their writing score or their reading score, they're not going to pass the third grade. I'm like, oh really? So horrible story but you made me think of it um not because never mind but um testing week uh this wow this is really horrible story but i'm gonna tell you anyway uh yeah. kids are testing and i have these kids that come to school come to school one of the days during the test and i found out one kid was over at the other kid's house the night before and that kid's mother shot and killed killed the other kid's father and I'm supposed to expect these kids to come in and take a stupid test after something like that. No, hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, those scores. Yeah. Scores. No, no, no. Totally. And of course that's, that's, <laughs> extreme. that's not, but, yeah. but, but I take your meaning because I'm in a title one district, you know, we're in the central Valley, California, 75 miles east of San Francisco. Uh, when, when the housing tanked i mean we were just like desolation row it was just awful here and and we've had kids i've had kids with parents in prison with parents who are yelling and screaming into the wee hours of the night they can't get sleep or they can't buy food and it's just you know you never know what's going to I, at least when we do map i have three tests right yeah. and i can take a look and i can say well they were up here for two they had a bad day here okay fair yes but this this cast test and i feel for teachers whose pay is tied to those test scores because you can't look at this year's fifth grade class and compare them to last year's fifth grade class or next year's because we all know every cohort is different. Some yes. years you get the kids who are the brainiacs and other years you're just surviving till the end of the school year. Exactly. So it's all management. So. Okay. So no I more. There's my soapbox. Okay. And I, I apologize for pulling mine up close to you. No. 
screaming out at the masses as well. So let's go to something a little bit brighter. Your passion. What are you passionate about in education? What's something that you, you really like, um, something that you really like to push or really like to do for education? That would be celebrating students, spelled S-E-L-E-B-R-A-T-I-N-G, celebrating social-emotional learning. Right? I like celebrating that. Kids. Um, matter of fact, in all of my talks this past year and a half, that's that's kind of been my theme is celebrating students. I'll be presenting at at um, ISTE in an Ignite session in Philadelphia. And I'll be, my session is called um, Five Ways to Celebrate Students. Um, and then I'm also on the plenary panel and I'm doing a breakout session for the U.S. State Department's Global Teaching Dialogue. Uh, it's a virtual online and it's free, so you should sign up for it. But I'm also talking about uh, leading with a servant's heart with uh, with SEL for global competencies. And it, that's a big passion of mine. And it's 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 this thing where here's a teacher's plate and it's like, here's the testing and here's the attendance and here's the management and here's this and here's that. Oh yeah, and here's a program for SEL. No, SEL mm -hmm. is not another thing on my plate. SEL is the plate. It's everything. It's making sure those kids are taken care of. They have their, you know, I'm the advocate. Yes. I'm there to make sure they have what they need. Social emotional learning is loving your students, is making sure that they get the education, the tools, the materials, the supports they need. That's every day. That's management. Yes. That's, you know, it doesn't stop. It's it's looking at that kid and going, oh, he hasn't eaten. I got to make sure he gets something to eat. Mm -hmm. or, oh my gosh, you're not having a good day. Oh, wait, your mom just texted me on reminder that your grandma died last night. Okay. But it's those that's SEL and that's what it's all about it I you were going to talk about books later I know because it's called books with Bagby but I <laughs> love uh Dr. Brad Johnson because he says relationships before rigor grace before grades it's like the relationships are everything everything that's Rita Pearson right human connection is the key and that's what SEL is and when they give me a deck of cards and I know I know that the government has given money for COVID <laughs> and it's like, here, you've got to put the money into these SEL programs, but it's SEL isn't a card, right? It's the relationships and it's building those bonds. And it's, it's just, it's the whole darn plate. It's everything. That's what everything's on. And if I can't give my students that support, right? Yes. So, so and, I and celebrate it, them every day. Well, good. I like that. I, I, I may have to borrow that celebrate. Actually, I, may, I already wrote it down. So yeah, I'm steal, steal it. it. That's fine. <laughs> it it'll but, always, yeah. spell check will always underline it in red, ignore it. <laughs> of course it will. Um, so uh, I, I love that. I, I love that your passion is dealing with uh, SEL and, and you've said so many great things. It's so true about the relationship building with the students and knowing your students. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that as we're pushing for uh, making sure that we're thinking of the SEL for students and things, uh, we all experienced this horrific trauma <laughs> just a couple of years ago. And it's like, everyone has, and so many districts have forgotten that teachers experience that trauma too. It's not just the kids. I know we're taking care of the teach or the kids, but let's think of the teachers as well. But um, <laughs> no, let's put something else on their plate. Exactly. I was about to say the way you talk about SEL not being an extra thing on their plate, it makes so much more sense if you approach teachers with that and explaining, hey, this is how this works. 
Yeah. We're going to make it better for everyone. Yeah. So and that's, you. that's a valid, point. that's the point. I mean, when COVID came, obviously, you know, we're talking about kids who were sheltering in place with families. We didn't have communications. Nessie being techie as you and I are, when that happened, when it was just for spring break in 2020 of March. And I remember that Friday when my students were leaving last time I was in a brick and mortar. Wow. And I said to them, look, we use teams. So if anything happens over break, watch teams. Cause I'm going to post messages there. And so they had that knowledge. And I, I started posting, Oh, you know, we're closed down for this week. Oh, we're closed down for two weeks. Yeah. Oh, from we're, we're toasting yeah. the rest of the year. And then it's like, what was more important, the social emotional. So if they know what's happening with the school, then they're not going to be so panicky about, Oh mm -hmm. my God, my kid's not learning. I recorded YouTube videos, little short two, three minute videos. Hi, this is, so they had the friendly face. Hi, this is Mrs. Dunbar. Just wanted to let you know what your kid's assignment is today. Here's what's happening. Mm -hmm. You can find me. You can reach me at this email. You can reach me here. I have a Google voice. I have a remind you know, so I was very accessible because I wanted them to feel comfortable asking questions. Yes. And that's really voted well going to an online academy because how do you build community and relationships like this mm -hmm. when you can't be face-to-face, -face, when you can't put your hand on someone's shoulder or, you know, give them a fist bump? How do you, how do you virtually do that? And so that's been my passion for three years is how do you craft community in a virtual uh, classroom? And we've been able to do it. Um, it, there are a lot of great things about learning online, especially for, I don't know how other online academies have, have shaken out, but ours seems to have brought together students who have been bullied, uh, mm -hmm. students who uh, have been teased, students who are a little odd, uh, yes. students who are ADHD who can't sit still in class and get made fun of. Uh, they're all good students. My, the Lexile for my students this year is is like, they're all with two exceptions, they're all like well above where a fifth grader should be. They're great readers. So it's like, they've got the, they've got the tools. It's just like, they need a place where they're comfortable. Yeah. Uh, one student who's autistic, uh, you know, on the high end of the scale, but he hiccups when he speaks. And so, especially when he gets nervous. And so I've told them, you know, you don't have to come off mute. You just, you know, raise a little hand, a digital hand, and I'll know that you want to speak. And more and more, he's been raising the hand, and I haven't heard the hiccups as much. And his grandmother, who's raising him, tells me he's more comfortable in your class. And it's like, oh, yay. That's great. Yay. That's so, exactly what we want. And that's that's SEL. It's all about the relationship. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned um, Brad Johnson and wait is that right yeah hey, well there you go <laughs> dear teacher i came prepared yes so i love brad well brad's so, got the he had a, a teacher appreciation day contest and i won it oh okay i got a glass um car uh, engraved i can say this engraved glass plaque say that's mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that has the relationship before rigor grades before grace love before lessons and uh and the stuff that he talks about like this was one of the things i actually um were you at the ncce trainer summit this past fall yes okay. oh yeah yeah and i spoke at that yes and, and it was interesting because he brought up something that the teachers i met in india on my fulbright said they don't like being called teachers they like being called educators because and this is 
from uh, chapter 44, bringing out the best in students, did you know that educate comes from the root word educere, which means to lead or draw out? We've always heard education is the filling of a bucket or lighting of a fire, but in reality, it means to bring out the best in students. Yes, yes. And so I understand now why educate, why in India, they're like, no, no, we're educators. We fill them up. Yes, nice. Yeah, so, so yeah, I, I, big fan. So I was just going to ask what book is educator that you would like to share. So what's the name of that book? Oh, oh lead from where? Oh, oh uh, Joe Sanfilippo. I saw that. <laughs> this is Dear Teacher with Brad Johnson. I mean, yes. it's just inspirational stuff. And that's, I guess it's the SEL for me as a teacher now that I think about it. Yes. Because this, this is the stuff I read to get myself, you know, excited or just to refill the, the empty vessel. So that's <laughs> Brad Johnson and Hal Bowman. Dear teacher, yes. And then you saw me flashing this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, Joe Sanfilippo, lead from where you are. He also has hacking leadership, which is really good. But yes. it's it's more adminy. And this one, I love. I just the title itself, <laughs> lead from where you are. You don't have to be a leader to lead. Yes. Exactly. Right. You can be a quiet leader. You can set an example. And oh, yeah. Lead with connection. <laughs> and yes. and it's all about start and end your day with joy. Mm -hmm. it's supposed to be you know people as rita pearson says people don't learn from uh, people they don't like yes uh, so humble brag years ago um okay i was a principal for 10 years and then i did the 5 10 15 16, 18 19 20 oh my goodness uh so it was about maybe 22 years ago rita pearson came to my district and it was before oh, no. she blew up and was like Everyone knew her, but she was doing a, she was doing some work with um, AHA and uh, the lady out of Texas, who framework for understanding poverty. Uh, I can't think of her name, but anyway, Rita Pearson was there and she came and presented. And I was like, that lady's amazing. This is, yeah. Oh my goodness! And, and yeah, and so I met her, and that was like I said years before. Actually, it may have even been before YouTube. <laughs> actually it was and before wow. TED Talks so are we dating ourselves here <laughs> no I'm not but uh, but Carbon yeah dating ourselves. yes there we go but yeah she was phenomenal then as well just so you know um and one of the things that you said and you talk and you highlighted in Joe's book and Joe is supposed to be on this I need to reach back out to Joe actually I you saw need to get Joe. Yeah. last semester and we talked and I took pictures with him holding the book and all the things uh but there's got to be joy in learning. I have a good friend. Actually, she's going to be, she's also going to be on this podcast at some point. And she, her hashtag is joy at school. And she talks about how she wants to find, yep, <laughs> joy in school every day. Some days it's harder than others, but that's ultimately what she looks for daily. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So th those are two books that, that fill me up, that make me happy. Yes, um, yes. But I, and, and this is kind of weird. Um, never had this happen before, but our, our daughter's in New York. She's a, a lawyer. This relates to books, I promise. And <laughs> one, one of her roommates, a lovely, lovely man named Tony, um, uh, we, we started talking and he, I challenged him to watch a, a movie that I really like and uh, Last of Sheila. And after he watched it, he said, okay, now you have to read a book I like. And I'm like, okay. So I read The House in the Cerulean Sea. And uh, Common Sense Media gives us five stars, TJ. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's um, 
it's middle school, high school, and I, I'll just read. It's an enchanting love story, masterfully told about the profound experience of discovering an unlikely family in an unexpected place and realizing that family is yours. It's it's like a combination of of Harry Potter and Good Omens, and and it is uh, written. Uh, T J. Clune is in the LGBTQ community, so it's it's about inclusion and diversity and acceptance, not tolerance, and. Mm -hmm. I, love the book matter of fact i i had a conversation with tony not that long ago and i'm like i did not expect to get to the end of the book and, and the author had set something up and i read the last line and i went oh. <laughs> don't you so hate books like, like that <laughs> yeah so it's it was an unexpected book for me it's not one that i would normally pick out but i read it and i loved it and i know that that's a, a niche that we have students in that community that that are looking for things that are at their level yes. That would speak to them and as i said common sense media high recommends so i thought i would just mention to you for those teachers of middle school and high school that this is a keeper well thank you very much for sharing all the things so tammy how can people connect with you do you have oh. a vlog or you're on the twitters do you <laughs> there have are email? so many ways my my, <laughs> my families at school get tired of hearing this um i'm on the twitters at tammy dunbar i try to keep it simple uh, I think I've got like 6,500 followers. So follow me. I'll follow you back. I follow almost as many as I have follow me. Um, I'm in LinkedIn, uh, Tammy Brecht Dunbar. My middle, my maiden name was Brecht, B-R-E-C-H-T. So if you look on uh, LinkedIn, it's Tammy Brecht Dunbar. Um, and if you want to look at my digital CV, it's bit.ly slash capital T Tammy, capital B Brecht, capital D Dunbar. <laughs> Um, as again, try to make things easy. And that's, that's part of SEL with families. I try to oh, yes. make everything as easy as possible to get a hold of me. Um, I don't really blog, but you can email me at Tammy Dunbar at outlook.com. I'm very accessible. I have a Google voice number, but it escapes me at the moment. I understand I completely. Um, and, oh. <laughs> and, and how else? I mean, I'm, I'm an NCCE professional learning specialist. You can reach me through NCCE as you can reach Greg. Um, <laughs> so we're just okay. all over. If you're going yes, to ISTE, yes. and this, is this going to run before or? Yes, uh, it will run before okay. ISTE. So if you go into ISTE, seek me out. My session, my Ignite session is on Monday morning at 10 o'clock. I don't know the venue, but just look up Tammy Dunbar and you'll see me as one of the speakers. And I'm going to be working the Minecraft and the Microsoft booths as well. Well, thank you. I'll try to put all of that in the show notes. And sadly, I will not be at ISTE. I made the decision a couple of weeks ago. I said, okay, I'm not going. We, My family goes on a vacation every year that same week. And last week, or last week, last year I was in ISTE, at ISTE. And this year, uh, well, my daughter's getting married and her, her new husband will be there. And I was like, ah. Yeah. And so, uh, so, yeah, I had a presentation ready to go for ISC, but uh, I was doing it with someone else. So the other person's going to take it. Yay. Ah, yay. Um, and then, like, three other folks asked me to, like, oh, Greg, can you do this panel for ISC? Like, uh. And then uh, I don't know if you know Zach Chase or Susan Bearden. Bearden, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, we're doing a panel for the Department of Ed. Can you be on that? Because I'm, I'm working with a, a technical writing group for the National Ed Tech Plan, and I was mm -hmm. like, and there was Zach asked me like the day after I decided I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna go on vacation. I'm not gonna go to ISTE. And then he yeah. asked, so I was like, 
Oh, I can't. No, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> but it's okay. It's okay. See, last year I didn't go because it was just a year as we talked about before. So, yeah. and this year, I don't know if you have ever seen on, and I'm sure he'll watch this and then he'll be excited that I said his name, Mohammed Abu Hassan. He's, uh, he comes on some of the NCCE things. He's a teacher in the UAE. Yes. Yes. And he, he won a I trip know. to ISTE this year. Did he really? Actually, yeah, I did, did see that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and he's uh, we're in a couple of different groups together. I think uh, I don't know if it's a Minecraft group. I, we're in like two or three different groups together. Yeah. He's all over. And he and I have we've our classes have Skyped for years. And when he said, I'm going to ISTE, I can't wait to meet you. And it's like, wow, I wasn't planning on it. So uh, <laughs> but I'm an HP teaching fellow this year. I was accepted and HP reached out and said, hey, if you want to go to ISTE, we'll pay your registration. Huh. And I looked at my husband and he said, well, we'll go to New York and visit our daughter. Then we'll take yeah, the train to take Philly. Train. Yes. So we're going to take train to Philly, got a hotel. And uh, then it was like, oh, you, sh you should apply to be on Ignite. Okay, well, I'll apply to be Ignite. Oh, I'm the first one. Uh, there are 10 teachers, five minutes each teacher. Oh. I'm the first one. Guess who the last one is? Michelle Zimmerman. Oh, so Michelle's going to be there. I saw her at NCCE. For a, a minute, she couldn't make the whole time, but uh, good old Michelle. Good well, old Michelle. fantastic. Well, Tammy, thank you for this. Thank you. And whether you're in a fifth grade classroom or in a college on a college campus, always remember to ask good questions, answering the ones you can, make someone feel special, and be great because you are great. <laughs> thank you for joining me, Tammy. This has been fantastic. Thank you, Greg, for having me. Yay.